Hi again, everybody. Welcome back to Kyle's Thoughts. Today's episode, I am joined with my little brother, Caden Penna. Caden uh, recently just turned 18. He's graduating high school. He just signed to Grand Canyon University to play lacrosse. Um, he's interested in being a mechanical engineer, and he's got kind of the whole world ahead of him, it seems like. And I think it'd be an interesting kind of perspective to kind of talk to someone who's you know young and right, just becoming an adult, uh, new kind of into the to the big bad world and everything. So. Caden, um, for those of the people who don't know you, why don't you give everybody a little bit of, about you? Um, what's up? I'm Caden. Um, you know, uh, big, big athletic kid. You know, I love love playing lacrosse. It's been a big part of my life. Um, although with with lacrosse, I do like to stay ahead in school and stuff. You know, keeping straight A's in my senior year. Um, but I'm not like a nerdy academic kid. I like going to parties and stuff too. <laughs> yeah so i guess like talk about that then like how do you balance between like both you know you got practice you got your Mm -hmm. tournaments you got your school Mm -hmm. events and also having like you know pretty robust social life i know you have your girlfriend as well which probably Mm -hmm. takes up a good amount of time like how are you balancing your time right now yeah so i mean it really helps that all my friends are kind of in the same boat as me because Mm -hmm. my whole group is specifically like half of our group is just playing lacrosse too so we all go to practice together. We all have relatively the same schedule. Um, everyone's got like the free fifth and free sixth period. So we kind of like our friend group really try to build our schedule around each other's so that we could just hang out more and stuff. And with my girlfriend, um, it's been kind of hard, you know, because she's been in college and stuff. But just giving simple communication like, hey, how was your day and stuff like that? That just makes the day, you know. Do you guys like text like throughout the day? Because I remember when I was in like high school, like I would be texting my girlfriend like all the time. Mm-hmm. Or do you gotta like <laughs> give each other space and like only talk during sometimes? Yeah. So um I like in the very beginning when she was away, I would definitely text her a lot. But now we've kind of I, I don't want to say like grown distant, but just like kind of calmed down with the texting throughout the whole day. Like just just little end of the day conversations is what we're having now. And I think it's I, I it doesn't seem like anything's changed. So it's been good. Nice. And then when it comes to like school and stuff, I mean, I don't know how it is for you. But when I was in high school, like I didn't really study. Like I just mm-hmm. didn't. I didn't really mm-hmm. like have to. I kind of got like all A's and B's like without really needing to. Are you finding like now that you're kind of in like the the end level classes, the higher, more difficult stuff? Are you still able to kind of get away with not studying or are you kind of like reaching a point where you're like, Oh crap, I got to actually like try a little yes. bit. Yes. Yeah. So uh, last year was kind of that end point for me when I started to having to actually like try. Um, it was like, I think my, it was my junior year last year and my very first math test, I got it back and I got a D on it. I was like, crap, I should probably study before now. So now it's just like that simple night, just preparing the questions, you know, just looking through the material, but I mean, like I have to try, but it's like I'm giving like 50% when I was giving like 20 now. Like it's just gotcha. not, a, not a big jump, but it's a jump. Sure. So it's a little bit, it's it's more, hey, it's double than what you were, but it's <laughs> yeah, still not yeah. quite like taking all your time. <laughs> exactly. That makes sense. So uh, I know obviously you live at home still with our, our sister, Cameron. Mm-hmm. Um, so how is it, you know, being both the middle child, like technically – but uh-huh. really, you really probably play more of the role of like the big brother, I would imagine, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, like, with our whole family together, I I obviously feel like I'm the middle child with like hanging out with you or something going out somewhere. But 
yeah, at school, I'm definitely playing like that big brother role. Like, like not, not so much now just because of how old we are and I'm not mm. like as protective over Cameron, but, um, definitely still like acting more like a big brother, more than a middle, middle child to her. And do you feel like that, like being the middle child or, or kind of like where you're at and like in the family has like impacted you in any way and like the way that you have decided to like do things or not do things? Like, for example, did you look at like kind of the things that like I did and you were like, oh, screw that. I'm not going to do that. Or <laughs> vice versa, look at it and go like, oh, OK, well, that looked like a pretty good idea. Maybe I'll do that, too. Yeah. So um, I think having you as an older brother and just all of our cousins that we have, like it's definitely helped me being younger, just seeing where everyone ends up in life. You know what I mean? So like mm -hmm. looking at you, looking at you and you looking at you as an example, like I've seen how successful you've been. So obviously I'm going to take some things from your life and kind of implement it in mine. So yeah, I think that, I think that being a middle child is definitely like beneficial to me just because I can learn from what's been good and learn what's from this, what's, what's been bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, and, that, and that's a good point. And I mean, that's kind of something that's like, I've, I've heard it before where it was like some people like their main purpose in life is being the example of what not to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of sad, but, <laughs> but it is true. Like there's some people who like don't really do much, but they do serve a good lesson and a learning point of being like, okay, well, I don't want to do that. Like, yeah, yeah. Maybe I don't really have it all figured out, but I know that wasn't the right answer. So let's just cross out all those things. Mm -hmm. Um, which for me, I know, like, you know, kind of getting more personal into it, but like, that was a, a big motivator for me with like a certain somebody in our family who like really dissuaded me from wanting to try certain substances because I was like, absolutely not. Like it mm -hmm. is a, you know, that goes to a, a dark place real fast. You can ruin your whole life getting hooked on dumb shit. Yeah. Um, so kind of looping back around to, to high school and stuff, you're, you're in your senior year, you're coming to an end, but you did have to kind of go through you know, big section there during COVID. Um, mm. So, you know, how was that? How was it like transitioning from high school, parties, friends all the time to alone at home now? How, how was that for you? Yeah. So, I mean, when COVID hit, you know, it was just like a crazy thing because it were it really was just parties, 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 and then nothing, mm -hmm. you know? So now at the end of my senior year, we're kind of getting back into everything being a lot more normal, normal, meaning like uh, we're having parties every single week now and school doesn't have to require masks and there's no like different schedule because we need to have a certain amount of kids at school. It's just, just a lot more normal. And I'm glad to have that because I kind of was really hoping for a normal senior year because this is really my full first year of high school because freshman year got cut off short. Didn't go to sophomore year because of COVID junior year was, um, we had AM and PM classes because we couldn't have enough students on campus. And then now this year is like fully normal. My first year of fully normal high school is my senior year. That's it's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a, like a such a wild concept for me to even like try to think about. Because like when COVID, when it got to a point where they were like, okay, we're shutting everything down. It was pretty much like the year was over like for me in college like we had like two months left right so it was like mm -hmm. it sucked don't get me wrong like it would have been nice to have like a graduation ceremony and kind of like commencement and all that stuff but it was like the actual social aspect of it or like friends and like all the events and stuff we did we we kind of done at that point yeah um so it didn't really feel like that crazy but to have like the majority of your time kind of like altered because of it that's that's an interesting thing how do you think like it's really impacted like you know 
both your learning and I guess like other people around you, like, do you think some people like have worse like social skills? Are they a little more awkward than you think they, they used to be because of mm-hmm. like kind of the break? Yeah. So, well, first getting, getting into like what I think about what, what COVID like kind of did to high schoolers this year is, um, I, th- well, first COVID kind of like opened a lot of, a lot more cheating because everything was just at home. So sure. I think that like my sophomore year, I was like looking up the test answers to my math questions or whatever, right? Like my math tests. And then going into my junior year when we had it in person, like the fundamental blocks, like the building blocks that you're supposed to learn for math just wasn't there because I was just cheating. So then we had to relearn everything. So I think first the learning aspect was definitely like a lot more challenging, not only for students, but for teachers, because teachers are just expecting you to know it. You know what I mean? Sure. But you're showing up to school and you have no idea what's going on. And um, as for kids being like a little bit more socially awkward, I think, I th- I think, I think that, well, just like, even with how we've been moving as like a society with like more things coming up, like, um, like, it's just like a lot more things are becoming accepting, right? Like, um, like the whole pretending to be like a wolf or something like that. You know what I mean? Okay. So like seeing a lot more of those kids at school. Right. So, and I just, I just don't think some of those kids tend to have good social skills sometimes because they're just in their own little clique. So, but yeah. And a lot, a lot of kids who are socially awkward at my school tend to wear masks because they don't really want to like show their face or whatever, but I don't know. I just think it helps that if you want to talk to people, you can, it's just, it's just high school, man. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And that's a big point too. I think it's interesting that you, you hit on that. Cause that was something that I really like harped on too. When I was in high school was like, it's, it, it's just so temporary. Like, yeah, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, we're all going to like leave and like, maybe probably most of us won't ever talk to each other again. So it's like, whatever, dude, like do yeah. your thing. Um, but kind of like digging more into the, I guess, like the cheating aspect of it. I think one aspect that, you know, we talked about a little bit was like the rise of this chat GBT now. Yeah. Um, and I know you were kind of <laughs> one of the first ones who really got me to take a serious look at it. You and my buddy Connor, um, because I was looking at it and it was like, oh, this is really cool for like programming. Right. Um, mm-hmm. It's really cool to like write code and, and get an understanding of like different errors and fix things like that. But then I've started to now use it in my own work life to have it write um, email cadences. So, you know, when I reach out to prospects, potential customers, and I'm trying to get them, you know, to see if they're interested in the kind of the products we're selling and mm-hmm. up, have a meeting with them. Instead of sitting there and writing a bunch of emails myself, I just go to ChatGBT and I, you know, taught, told it everything about our business, told it everything it needs to know. And mm-hmm. it writes the emails for me now. Yeah. Um, so with the the rise of AI, I mean, how much of an impact do you think that's going to play both in your academic career in college and, you know, maybe even your future job career? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So first academic career. Um, I don't know. Well, f- this year, my language arts teacher has started just making us write things in hand now because of <laughs> chat GPT, because kids will, will use chat GPT and then use like a paraphrasing tool. So it's like, per, like basically undetected. And he's kind of just like given up to the point where we have to do work now by handwriting, like how it was back in the day, you know, well, back in the day, like five years ago, but still. Um, yeah, a little bit longer than that, but yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just think that some teachers that are really going to care about it are going to make you do pen and pencil. And some teachers are going to kind of, I don't know, just treat it more as just like a tool that students can use, you know, like maybe try to integrate it. But 
and for jobs i don't know it it has the potential to just like take a lot of jobs away i feel like because it's it's an ai because it's an ai bot that can basically do anything you tell it to do with mm-hmm. the knowledge of 2021 and before right and like jobs like programmers coders or anything it's just why why have that when you can just type it in the chat gpt and just it does it you know what i mean do you think that like, we could see like a rise though of maybe like new careers like ai experts ai you know kind of handlers if you will who are the ones who help train ChatGPT to do exactly what they need it to do because one of the issues that i've been seeing with people who are kind of new to it is they just kind of like i have some buddies at work who try to use it like i do right Mm -hmm. and they go in there and they say hey ChatGPT, give me a an email cadence for 30 days worth of people and it's like I don't know what the hell are you asking me? Like I'm a, right. I'm a chat bot. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, like you need to tell it, like, these are the customers. These are what they care about. This is yeah. our market. This is how I write. And I, you know, and I gave it a bunch of example emails from my own that I had written to mm-hmm. kind of teach it how I wanted it to write and how I wanted it to sound. And so I think there could be, you know, uh, almost a flip and like necessarily like, okay, so we don't have coders anymore, mm-hmm. but maybe we have AI experts. Yeah. Right? who help guide the program to do the coding aspect. But, you know, that's that in and of itself is going to be a skill, right? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like AI art. Like a lot of people think AI art is like so easy. Like you just type in whatever and it makes like a, a, a Picasso. But that you really have to like guide it with the prompts and the way yeah. that you tell it to do things. And so that I think is a skill in and of itself to learn. In regards to the academic piece though, I saw on Twitter today, some kid had found a way to hook his chat GBT code to his 3D printer, which held a pencil to then write handwriting. Oh my, that, that's insane. So, <laughs> so even that, I feel like people are finding a way to like get over that little uh, kind of caveat there. Um, but yeah, so talking more about like school and stuff, I mean, tell me about like college, like why, why did you end up picking, you know, Grand Canyon? Mm-hmm. Um, who else were you looking at? How did that whole process go for you? Yeah. So First, like the whole lacrosse process of getting recruited in college is like, if you're not the top 50, top 100 kid, like you got to be sending emails to coaches. They're not going to reach out to you. So I sent like, I want to say 300 emails to like every single coach you can think of D1, D2, D3, any NAIA anywhere, you know, I was just looking to play where that has my major and where I can just play at a good school. Mm -hmm. So um, I started narrowing it down. I want to say like last summer, um, I was really, I was on the fence about, uh, Cal Poly slow. Cause that's a great engineering school, but I chose GCU just because of first the affordability. I think we're going to be paying like 16 a year, which is really good. Like, which oh, is like how much I would be paying in like a California school, right? Like state mm-hmm. tuition. So yeah, first it's the affordability and, taking that tour in person really helped me solidify like what I liked about a school. So I toured ASU before I went to GCU. And I I mean, I loved ASU. I could definitely see that, like how they have a lot of money in their programs and stuff. But I just think I didn't want a school as big as ASU because I just felt like a tiny ant in a big world. You know what I mean? Like I just wanted to feel, I wanted to feel like the main person on campus and at GCU, even though it's still like a pretty big school, I feel like I could feel like I'm actually like a person on campus rather than just a number. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Um, When I went to ASU for a mock trial tournament, when I was in college, I was like blown away by how big it was. I was like, dude, this is an entire city. Like, yeah, it's like a city. 
Like, yeah. This is crazy. Like, I don't know. How do you even know where the hell you're going? Like for anything like this is mm-hmm. nuts. Whereas like, you know, at Redlands where I would, it was, it was tiny, it was basically <laughs> like a, a high school plus, like, you know, I'm sure mm-hmm. there are some high schools that are bigger than the university of Redlands is. Um, but it was kind of that aspect, like you said, like not getting like lost in the sauce or like part, just one of the numbers. Cause a buddy of mine, um, he went to UCI and he was like, like in his intro computer programming classes, he said there was like three or 400 students in like the lecture hall. And like, people were like sitting on the stairs and like, you had to like stand in the back, you know what I mean? Like there was just like mm. cramming people into these things. And he was like, and I, we never even got to talk to the professor. Like everything was through the, the teacher's assistants because the professor just doesn't have any time for you. Ever. Yeah. That's crazy. Because, you know, they're either doing research or they have a bunch of other like side hustles or other things going on. Um, and so they just felt like they just didn't care. And so he just stopped going to class entirely and just kind of like self-taught himself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which for some people, that's great. But for me, it's like, I really, I liked that small classroom. At, like my biggest class at the University of Redlands was 33 students. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's... that was my uh, <laughs> intro to psychology class that I took my senior year just for fun because <laughs> I just needed credits. Um, and my smallest class was six. Dang. So, and that was a uh, 400 level like law analysis. It was called equal protection under the law. And it was all about like constitutionality and legal uh-huh. cases. Back when I thought I was going to be a lawyer still. Really <laughs> fun class, but tiny, um, which was great because it like also makes you like have to pay attention and try because you can't hide in a class of six people, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You're getting called on every day. It's just mm-hmm. a pure numbers game at that point. Um. So, so GC, you kind of had, I guess, like that nice middle ground for you, you talk about like, yeah, not so small necessarily that, you know, everybody and everybody knows you and all your business, not mm-hmm. so big that you're going to feel lost, but kind of in that nice, sweet spot. Yeah. And nice you're going to get to play and they mm-hmm. have your major. Um, are they going to help you out in any sort of like scholarships or like financial incentives at all? Or are you going to have to take out some loans? What's the process looking like? Yeah. So, um, I did get an academic scholarship and, um, I think they gave me like seven something a semester some something like that or no seven something a year and um i i think i'm gonna pull a federal loan that's under me and then mom and dad are just gonna pull out a separate loan to pay for the rest and then i'll just pay them back whatever and then the federal loan was go for me after college so that's like my route i'm going with it yeah no maybe you'll get lucky and they'll wipe your debt too yeah who knows (laughs) who knows um so going into college, uh, you're gonna live on campus to take it. Yep. Gonna Have live you already on met campus. your roommate? Yeah, uh, I haven't met him yet, but um, I did have I have a like a little group chat with my roommates right now because in GCU oh, they roommates. do yeah they do um it's like three main rooms. There's a bedroom, a living room, and a bedroom, and each bedroom has its own separate bathroom. Okay. So I'm I'm basically sharing a room with another kid and it's another kid on the lacrosse team. And then um the other kids, the other two kids are also on the lacrosse team. So we're all just gonna be going to practice together. Nice. So that'll be sick. Yeah, that's kind of how they did it at Redlands too. Is like there was a a hall um for like all the athletic kids were all in the mm-hmm. same spot. And then, you know, they all kind of were near each other and that's kind of how it worked. But mine was different because I was in the uh the only quad so i was me and then three other guys all in one room that's crazy we we were the quad squad holding it down (laughs) because we were all freaking poor and that's what we could afford um so yeah that's cool that's cool and then do they have like uh i'm guessing like some sort of like meal plan or something on campus for you 
Yeah. So I'm going to be doing like the lowest meal plan that's possible because it's just like, I'm just going to get money out if I ever need a, if I ever run out of food, food sure. you know what I mean? I just don't want to be overspending on food. And um, they have, they have like a ton of restaurants on campus, but they also have like a cafeteria type area where they make like, like, like every, every single day is different. Like I saw on GCU's um, Instagram, they had like a crawfish day. So they had like, like corn, crawfish, like a whole seafood thing. So it's like, they have Chick-fil-A, Subway. They have like all the stuff that I love, but I'm not sure if I can really eat that stuff while playing college <laughs> lacrosse. So <laughs> no, that's fair. And then, uh, is there anything that you think like you might like explore when you're in college, like different, I don't know, clubs or activities or hobbies, or you kind of just all lacrosse, all engineering, everything else? Whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's really depends on my schedule. Cause my coach sent, I asked my coach for my schedule for lacrosse in the fall and the spring. Cause I had to kind of schedule my classes around it. And my schedule is just tough with lacrosse. It's like 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. is practice. And then 12 to 1 is lift or 1 to 2, whatever you can make. And then it's just night classes for me. And then and that's um, fall. That's four days a week. And then in spring, it's five days a week, 8 to 11, 12 to 1. So it's just like half of my day is just lacrosse. So if my if my schedule is like free enough to where I can like join a club or something, I mean, I definitely look into it something to do with like robotics or something like that that's always like interested me but lacrosse and engineering is really just the two main focuses going into college right now what is it about robotics that like interests you um i don't know i just think like growing up as a kid in this era like you've always like me and you you know we've always been playing video games and i think being so like invested in video games and like pcs and everything is just kind of turned me towards robotics and just like robotics is really the future like and that's just something that you'd be dumb not to look into why do you say that because if you don't if it's like you're not investing into the future hmm. i feel i feel like robotics is literally like in the next like 20 something years is going to be the big thing now in robotics in the sense that like we're seeing with like boston dynamics like full-on independent you know I don't, I don't know about that, but, but, but even, yeah, like, well, like even with chat GPT, you know, something like an AI, like Mm. just something to do with programming or with, with a computer or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I definitely think that there's like a a increasing need for automation, Mm. um, especially as like, you know, people get older and, you know, they're talking about like the population issues and that kind of stuff. Um, What do you think are kind of going to be the consequences of that? you know, in your mind? Well, I don't really know. Um, I kind of have like that, that, um, later generation, generational view on it. Like, Oh, it's going to take all our jobs away. But like, I don't know. I feel like jobs will like, even though robots can automate things like, like even like the self checkouts, like there's no more cashiers or whatever in Walmart, but like, there's still going to be people that program those things. There's still going to be people that maintain those things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know if it's going to really mess up the job market too much because I feel like there's always just going to be jobs that are going to have to do with the AI. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, kind of being the age you are now and and kind of the weird place where are, how do you feel that like your generation compares to say, you know, mine or our, your parents or mm-hmm. grandparents, like where do you think you fall 
do you, who do you think is out of touch? Who do you think is on the right track? <laughs> like, what are your views on kind of that? Um, I don't know. I think that my generation is, I don't know. I feel like my generation is getting pretty mature. You know, everyone's just starting to grow up. And um, I think the out of touch generations are really like, um, I don't, I don't know what generation is called, but like grandma and papa's generation, you know, like the boomers. The, yeah, the boomers. There you go. Um, I don't know. It's just everything's advancing so much. And I feel like growing up the time they did to now, just how far technology's come and all these new things that they've never even like gone to experience until now. Whereas when I, when I am born, I'm grown into it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's just a lot different. And, um, your generation, you know, you guys are like, you guys are like, I want to say like the, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say out of touch, but like too, too woke is, is what oh. I would go for. Too woke. Yeah. Okay. So your generation you think is less woke. Yeah. I, I feel more like more tech savvy. Is that, is that what I'm getting? Yeah, maybe it's just like your your generation is just like getting older. You know how how mine is. So I think it's just that slow shift that everyone's slowly moving up a generation. Yeah, to where the Would last say, one was. You know, there was kind of a, an interesting phenomenon that happens though, where it's like between the ages of like sixteen and twenty for for mm-hmm. guys, you tend to be a little bit of a an edge lord, right? A little little. We'll saying some things where it's like, <laughs> all right, dude. Yeah. And when yeah. you get older, you kind of look back and you're like, ah, oh, that was kind of cringe. Like mm-hmm. maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I shouldn't have, you know, been so openly misogynistic, homophobe, whatever. Yeah. Right. 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 Do, do you feel that in any sense now, when you look back to like yourself, even two years ago and you go, wow, at 16, like I thought this and this, and now I'm like, woo. Yeah. Well, like, at 16, man, I was quoting Ben Shapiro to you, you know? And I was just like, blah, 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 13% of the population, you know, like mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. terrible stuff. And um, I don't know. I've definitely grown up. I think that having a girlfriend that's older definitely made me mature a lot more. And and um, yeah, looking back, I could definitely say that was like pretty cringe. And I was just trying to be I don't know. I don't know what it was. I was just trying to invest my mind in the things that I didn't really understand. I feel like I was just watching freaking Prager you on YouTube. You know what I mean? It's just. Yeah. And let's, let's that, talk about that a little bit. Cause I think there's definitely like intention behind why that happens. Right. Like I think mm-hmm. those particular fellows like Ben Shapiro, Dave Rubin, Steven Crowder, Prager you mm-hmm. are targeting people just like you. Right. Young guys who are kind of like trying to figure out what the world's about what they what they like what they don't like what their views are going to be um do you remember like how how did that even start like how did you even fall into the prager you ben shapiro's i, I want to say it just started with like a youtube recommendation i want to say like steven crowder maybe popped up in my recommendation clicked on a video and i was like oh this guy's kind of talking about stuff that i'm going through or whatever he's talking about like the white, the white male, the white straight male or whatever, like, oh, I'm the white straight male. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like with those videos, they try to maybe just like connect to you. Like, obviously they're, obviously they're pushing whatever they believe in, but it's like, they try to section it to like, because I'm a white straight male, maybe I should just believe these things. So I think that with the YouTube recommendation, 
it just kind of made me fall into that like loophole. But now I've kind of kind of thought to myself and really reflected on my own beliefs and what I actually believe in and not like what a YouTube video believes in. So I've gone, I've gone pretty like middle grounded now, you know, I like, like some things don't like some things. Yeah. I mean, and that's pretty like normal. I think like I was kind of very similar as you, uh, when I was your age and as I've gotten older, I've gotten more radicalized, which just, it happens to some people when it comes <laughs> to others. Um, but to kind of hit more on that, what do you think was like, so obviously they targeted you because your identity, right? Mm -hmm. Who you see yourself as a white straight male. Right. But do you think that a lot of people also talk about like the, <clears throat> the need for like strong male role models, right? For young men that oftentimes we don't have very, um, you know, prominent or, or good strong male role models for people to look up to and admire and be like, I want to emulate that or I want to be like that. Did you kind of feel any sense of that towards like Ben Shapiro in a sense of like, oh, this guy's smart. He knows what he's talking about. So I should kind of follow along or even, you know, they're successful. And that's kind of something that attracts you to, or was that really not a factor? I mean, I, I feel like definitely the, oh, he's super smart factor definitely was a big role of it. Um, Just like watching how, how Ben Shapiro, Stephen Crowder, all those people talked, it just seemed to me like that they were very intelligent people and they kind of seen what they, they knew what they were talking about on the topic. So I think that, I, I really value in, intelligence. So I think that me liking someone who is smarter, like already having that belief system and then seeing this guy come up on my YouTube recommended, I'm like, oh, this guy's a really smart person. Mm. I'm going to like his views. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that makes sense. And so like, when was the time do you think that when you started like thinking, well, maybe this isn't what I think. Maybe this is what, you know, someone else has told me to think. Mm -hmm. So I want to say like last year, maybe I was just, I, I wasn't really watching that much YouTube anymore. Like wasn't really watching that many videos, keeping up to date with like politics or whatever. But um, I decided to watch some, like some videos that weren't really confirming my views. You know what I mean? Like the other, the other side, like what, sure. what like liberal views are or something like that or Democrats, like what they believe in. And um, I think that, I really took a step back and looked at my personal views and what I think is morally and immorally wrong. Like the whole thing about abortion, right? Like my view of abortion has definitely changed from what I thought it was two years ago. Like, I just feel like taking a step back and not really focusing on the material that I'm reading or watching and just thinking about myself has really changed my views. Interesting. So kind of more of like an introspective process. Right. No, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, to kind of, I guess, expand on that, something that might be a little touchy, maybe not. Um, religion, right? Okay. Um, I knew that that was kind of a big thing for you when we were growing up. You yeah. Were, you were Mr. Very upset on Sunday <laughs> mornings if we weren't going to church. You were throwing a uh -huh. fit, uh -huh. telling us that it was, you know, time to go. Uh, how do you think, how, how has that played a role in your life now? Uh, are you still very devout? Do you still, you know, kind of go every week? Um, is it mm. kind of taken more of a sideline? Have you changed your views? Where are you at now? Um, it's definitely taken like a little bit of a sideline just cause like, to be honest, I don't like, I hate to say it, but I don't really have time to go to church sometimes of the, like every sure. single week. It's just hard with school, lacrosse, like things that are happening in my life to where I can't go to church, but 
I don't know. Um, I feel like I haven't really, I, I've, I've definitely questioned like religion, like for the past like year or so, like definitely going into some things about like what the Bible says or like, Oh, did this really happen? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think just as I'm growing up, I'm just starting to question more things. And I really wish that there was like someone that I could just ask these questions to because half the time I'm just looking them up on the internet and just reading what the internet says. Right. Like I kind of want to see a pastor's perspective or something like that of certain questions I have just certain things in the Bible just does not make sense to me. And I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I it's interesting you say that. Cause that was kind of what led me to my own self-discovery and kind of realizations, uh, my own personal beliefs or lack thereof was that exact thing. I, I read the the Bible cover to cover and mm-hmm. th- there was some very uh, questionable things in there. I mean, burning entire cities to the ground, sending bears to eat children who make fun of priests, um, the allowance of certain women to get raped. Like there's some rough stuff, man. There's some really yeah. weird stuff in there that just doesn't, like you said, really make all that much sense. And the problem that I had is when I went to pastors and kind of more religious leaders and kind of asked them these things, it was always just, well, you just, you just have to put faith in God. Right. And like the right. logic has to be turned off. And for me, that just wasn't, it just didn't make sense. Yeah. Like, and so I guess I would just encourage you to like hold on to that, that curiosity and that kind of questioning nature, because it is what it will lead you to continually keep growing. Because the moment you stop growing, the moment you stop learning is the moment that you stagnate and, you know, the world passes you by, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when you talk about, you know, being out of touch, that's a big issue with the older generations is that you get to a certain point when you're old, it just happens, where, you know, you're less susceptible to new ideas, you're less susceptible to kind of new information, and you kind of just stop and you go, I know everything I need to know. I don't need yeah. to know anything else. This mm-hmm. is what I know. Mm-hmm. And it's right. And I'm good. Everyone else is wrong. <laughs> and that's where you start running into issues right right um so i think that's very interesting that kind of you also have had that that experience and then i kind of want to tie it back though in the sense that do you think that both your religion views and your old conservative views were those kind of in parallel or tandem with one another do you think they support one another in that sense that like oh when i was you know more religious when i was going to church and i kind of had this view of you know maybe the man is the head of the household and like, you know, women need to be subservient and all these kind of things that were taught in church. And they, mm-hmm. did that kind of helps like supplement each other. Or did you kind of see those as two entirely different topics? I feel like that the two topics were for me, I feel like that they're definitely intertwined. Okay. I feel that religion, like, I feel like the religion did play a part into what I believed in politically and what I thought was right and wrong, just because religion is really just something that you something that you believe in that determines what is right and wrong for you. You know what I mean? So yeah, absolutely. Those are definitely intertwined. Yeah, I feel like I feel like for me personally, it was intertwined. Have you had any um classes in like high school or anything about like other religions? Or- uh no, we don't we don't have any religion classes at my school, but I know at GCU that I'll, I'll take a like a world religion class where I think it's just like simple like basic knowledge about all religions is not just Christianity which is good because mm-hmm. I kind of I don't know I, I think it's I think learning is a great thing to happen so just like learning about a new religion like learning about other people's perspective is just a great tool to have 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think you, there's a lot of things that you'll take away from it where you'll go like, you know, oh, I like some <laughs> aspects of that. And I don't like some aspects of that and kind of just mm-hmm. kind of see where you like fall and how you believe in certain things. Um, like I knew that for me, like there was a lot about like Buddhism that I was like, oh, I could see how that makes sense. Um, Cause it was a lot about like, you know, the kind of personal journey and it wasn't so much about, oh, give 10% of all your money to the church and you have to like, you know, donate all this like time and effort. Yeah. Like, I was like, is it a religion or is it a business? Like, I'm confused here. What's going mm-hmm. on? Mm-hmm. Whereas like Buddhism is like really just all about like inner peace, meditation, like calm. Um, I don't consider myself a Buddhist or anything like that. But <laughs> like I'm saying, though, like learning about it, that was fascinating to me. Right. Um, but kind of moving on, I guess, from that. So we know we talked about robotics. Do you have any other kind of hobbies or passion in your life now uh, besides lacrosse? Um, I mean, I touched on it a little bit before, but video games, you know, I've always been a gamer. Like we've always been playing games since I was a little kid, always smacking me up on freaking <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. So yeah. You only learn by getting beat. <laughs> but yeah, um, if I'm not doing school lacrosse, I'm probably on my PC. That's like, or, or I'm just, or I'm just hanging out with my friends. You know, I've actually this year I've kind of, without having my girlfriend in town and away at Arizona like four or five hours away from me it's really like helped me grow closer relationships with my friends I may not have had before so I think even though it does seem hard that she is far away I think it was a good step in my life because now I've just gotten a lot more closer with my like core guy group you know just like the guys I've been going to school with since middle school no yeah that that's sick I mean, there's definitely some some value to that. I know that was something that, you know, in hindsight, I wish I would have been more mindful of because there was times where me and my my buddy Zach, who I live with now, you know, we kind of drifted apart while we were in relationships and stuff. And it, it kind of takes a lot of your time, right? Is you mm-hmm. kind of just segment yourself away from your friends and stuff because you're always trying to make sure that you're spending as much time as you can with them and making sure that they're, they're happy and stuff. So it's good that that distance is not, you know, uh, necessarily negative, but allowing you to kind of, foster other relationships in different areas uh back to gaming though is there anything like what are your what are your best games right now what do you what you've been playing uh me and my me and my boys have been actually getting back into Fortnite, which is crazy thought i thought i would never play that game uninstalled it and everything but yeah we've been i don't know i think everyone's just kind of getting bored because we don't really get that much homework as seniors now so Hmm. everyone's getting back into gaming um Fortnite, rainbow six siege um I just, I just love the shooters, man. I cannot play sport games for the life of me. I hate sport games. They're so boring. Like Madden. Oh my gosh, dude. Oh, I agree. So boring. But, um, I've been playing a lot of Minecraft whenever I'm like just chilling by myself, have a little survival world going, but like, that's it. Just, just shooters, shooters in Minecraft. Nice. No, I like it. There's something that's kind of been happening to, to my friends and, and I, that I kind of wanted to see if you probably won't relate to it yet, but um, where it kind of feels like everything's the same, right? That like games aren't Mm -hmm. really quite like they used to be. They're not really as fun as they used to be. We're not really like having those crazy like weekend binge sessions where you're like just on for like, you know, eight, 10 hours or whatever. And it's kind of like lost. It's, I don't know, it's spark or, or what it used to be when we were younger. And, you know, oftentimes we like ask, like, you know, what happened? Did we change? Did the games change? Like, what's going on? Do you feel like you're you're seeing anything like that? Or are you still having like a pretty good time anytime you hop on? I mean, I'm having a good time anytime I'm hopping on, but I could definitely tell there's been a shift because like 
I just always think back of like how much fun I used to have playing games. Like when I used to be a big destiny one kid, like that game was, was like my life. Like I would, I would come downstairs. You'd be sleeping on the couch. I'd fire up the 360 to hop on to get my little item on Friday. But yeah. it's like, I don't know, like black ops Two, like all those like older games. It's just like, there's just a nostalgia behind them. And I don't know. I just think that games nowadays are just really about like half the games are just trying to be free and then have little microtransactions and the other games are like $60, like freaking 70, modern warfare. Yeah. yeah. It's insane. So I don't know. I just think that games are really about trying to make money now and not really asking like, well, of course there's certain games that are asking their community, like what can they do to make it better? But I feel like most games now are just worried about money and the monetary gang. Yeah, I think that's a, a great point. I think, you know, and, and it might not even just be gaming. I feel like it's kind of infected a lot of different aspects of life, right? Whether it's art, movies, music, games, is like it's all about like how much money can we make from this thing, not like mm -hmm. can we make it good, right? Yeah. Like I've been noticing that too with like the last like few movies I've gone and seen is I'm like, these suck, man. Like I used to go to the movies. Like at least <laughs> once a week, because there was just always something out that I was like, dude, that looks sick. Like, I want to go check it out. And now it just feels like the same, like same crap over and over and over generic stories. Or, you know, it's a it's a remake of something that already came out, like when I was mm -hmm. a kid or something. And it's like, dude, come on. Like, does no one have like an original idea anymore? Yeah, Um. I think even with like, I mean, I love the new Avatar, but you can see that they definitely set it up. So there's going to be a third and a fourth or whatever. So like, it's yeah. just like, I don't know. It's just setting up. So they have another movie to go next to, but I don't know. I just think it's kind of dumb. Were you ever uh big into like the Marvel superhero movies? Um, Not, not so much. I mean, I'd go see them when they come out, but I'm not like a whole like Marvel lore fanboy thing, you know? <laughs> uh, I guess that's like a little bit because it was kind of interesting because when Iron Man 1 first came out I was still a kid mm -hmm. like I remember going with dad to see that like on one of my weekends with him and like just geeking out like that was the coolest thing I had seen and so like as I got you know older and became like an adult like those movies were all with me and so when it mm -hmm. like ended with Endgame was like when I was graduating college it was like very like <laughs> poetic in a way yeah right? yeah but um the recent ones just like haven't been gripping me the same way man like i didn't i didn't really care to see the new doctor strange i didn't uh -huh. um the new black panther i was like all right cool whatever like I, I don't know it just doesn't have the same feelings anymore as it did and i don't know if it's just because you know getting older and kind of like finding new interests or just things are kind of cashing out um but shifting away from kind of that uh to talking more about the future uh, what are your plans, you know, for post-college? Well, so let's say everything stays exactly how you think. You're going to go in, uh -huh. you're going to play lacrosse, uh -huh. you're going to get your degree in mechanical engineering. Boom, you're out. Now what? What is what is the first day post-grad for Caden look like? Um, well, first off, I hope that I definitely did some internships during college because that will definitely help me out in post-college. So, um, but I don't know. I was really talking to mom about this. Um, she she gave me like a job of listings of mechanical engineering jobs in Best Buy mm. and they're like entry level jobs. So I think definitely after I get my um, degree that I'll definitely look at something maybe in Best Buy just because I I mean, I like the company, you know, it's I always go there for <laughs> PC parts and stuff. But and yeah, I feel like maybe a little bias. Yeah, maybe a little bias. But 
I feel like mom has a can help me get in there, you know. Um, but yeah, hey, just yeah, she didn't do much. For me, but... <laughs> yeah, I heard I heard about that. <laughs> but I don't know. I was looking on Indeed and stuff about mechanical engineering jobs, and it's just there's there's a big market for it, you know. It's like, and they're all not doing the same thing. It's all like different things, like oh, we need a guy that knows HVAC and he needs to be able to do this and that. It's like, I don't know. It's just, it's just what I'm interested in. So I'm really hoping to get a job on the computer and working with um, software called Mastercam because that's what I've been doing right now in my little club that I'm in called Skills USA for my engineering class. So in Mastercam is just like a software that you already, the part is already made in the software and now you're just telling the machine how to cut it into that part with like from a piece of stock, which is just a block. So I really like that just because, you know, I'm on the PC. I've always liked PCs and it's just interests me that I can know so much about a software and be good at it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, there's definitely something to kind of that. Um, it's, it's, I don't know the, can't think of the specific name for it right now but there's this uh basically philosophy that says like as you learn something and you get better at it and you see that you're getting better at it it encourages you and it excites you about it so you want to do it more and then you get better at it right and as mm -hmm. you do this you're just getting better and better and better and you're having more fun doing it because you're getting to see your results and i think that totally makes sense um and there's definitely a lot of applications for that like i you know had a weird odd job for a while where i was like coding cnc machines to make car parts for a guy in his garage um mm -hmm. And I was getting paid like 20 bucks an hour at like 17. Like it was weird. I don't know. It was like <laughs> a friend of a friend that got me the job and I ended up doing that. But uh, there's definitely some merit there and there's a lot of different things you can do with it for sure. Do you have like any, you know, where you're like, dude, the dream job for me would be building parts for NASA or something like that. Or do you uh -huh. like, where do you see that kind of going? Um, I don't know. I mean, I've always been interested in space and I feel like when you think of an engineering job, you kind of think of people building rockets. So um, definitely something that like the dream job would be working for like a program like NASA, SpaceX, like something like that, that I'm working on parts of a rocket or I'm working on something that has to do with like furtherment of like humanity, basically, you know, because sure. like when you're working at NASA, we're, we're exploring space and like where, where we can go from earth, like Mars and everything like that. So I feel like that would be a pretty sick job to have. That would definitely be like top of the list. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, like some of the greatest things that we've ever had in terms of technology, like came out of the NASA space program, right? Like cell phones were right. a, like a product of the space program. Um, and so that's definitely something that I think has like a lot of merit to it. And SpaceX definitely can be doing some cool things. Like it'd be nice to see them actually perfect the mars thing and i've mm -hmm. heard you know china's considering starting to build like a, a lunar base um so you know a lot of more like moon stuff going on and kind of looking at expanding us kind of beyond this planet um which i guess kind of brings us to another point of you know i kind of want to dive into you know your outlook on the future like what what you know concerns you what excites you what what do you think about kind of um planet here and where we're heading <laughs> um i mean I don't, I'm not that very knowledgeable about like things that the earth is going through or whatever. Like, um, for example, um, what's it called when, when the earth is heating up, what is it called again? Oh, global warming. Change. Yeah. Climate change and global warming. Right. Like 
I don't, I don't really know how much that is affecting us. So I can't really say, but I know that we do have like really bad pollution problem. So I don't know. I think it's good to look at other options other than earth, but obviously we don't have to do it in the near future. We like, we don't have to worry about it so much, but I mean, like while we're looking for those other options, I mean, we should definitely be trying to clean up our planet. Like, yeah. And I didn't mean necessarily like literally the earth, I guess I just mean uh -huh. like more on like your outlook on the future of even like humanity or this country or, you know what I mean? Like, where do you, where do you think that we're headed? Is it, is it a good direction? Is it a bad direction? Oh, okay. Does um, that make more sense? Yeah, that, that does make more sense. Um, I don't know. As humanity, I feel like, I don't, I don't want to say we're going in a bad direction because I just know so much that we've gone through, like with, even even founding the united states like going through slavery and segregation and w women's vote women's rights not being equal to men right like i feel like we are as as humanity is growing i feel like we are heading in the right direction but there's obviously going to be some bumps in it you know like mm. not everything is going to go smoothly so i think that it is moving up but it's it, it there are bumps to happen gotcha and so, you know, with that being said, you'd say that we're going in a in a good direction, but it's just kind of not maybe linear. There's yeah. going to be ups and downs. Right, right. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. I just was curious because, you know, a lot of people really think they have an understanding of kind of like your demographic, like the young people. Mm -hmm. um, and I, th I think you guys are a little bit more complex than people give you credit for, uh, especially since like a lot of them that I've talked to, like you're kind of very wide ranging in your kind of views and opinions and where you think things are. And it is interesting that like the younger people, what I mean, I say younger, I'm only 24, I'm <laughs> but the younger people are more optimistic, which is interesting. Whereas like my generation, people my age in their mid twenties, mm -hmm. early thirties are very pessimistic, very, very doom and gloom kind of about like the future outlook and where we're headed. Um, and so that's interesting to see that you you kind of have a more of a optimistic lookout. Yeah, um, I think maybe it's just because like I haven't even graduated high school, right? So like sure. I still I still got my whole future ahead of me. So I'm not saying that you don't, but obviously now that you've gotten <laughs> now now you're getting a job, get in the grave, <laughs> getting a job, getting more comfortable, you know. So I don't know. I feel like that I'm a little bit more optimistic just because I think about my life and I think about that I'm still growing up and I feel like that we can just go in a good direction. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of at a, a, a great point. I mean, at, at 18, man, like the world's your oyster, right? Like the opportunities, the, the possibilities are really endless. Right. And there's so much like excitement around the unknown and what, what could be and what could your life shape out to be. Um, that it makes sense. It makes sense to kind of have that like bright outlook. I mean, yeah, when I was 18, I was like, I'm going to be the best freaking attorney that's ever stepped foot in a courtroom. And mm -hmm. I'm going to be the president at 35. Like that's, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, that's definitely what's going to happen. Like no, nothing else is going to happen, but that. Mm -hmm. So I definitely remember the kind of like the confidence and, and ego that I had at 18, as opposed to now, I will say that like, just my advice to you as both my brother and as someone who's 18 and has been through that is like embrace the change when it happens, because from 18 
to 21, you're going to become a completely different person, right? Mm -hmm. Like the experiences you have in college, the amount of information you're going to be open to the, the, just the exposure to people from like around the world, honestly, like really blew my mind because it's like, you go from this area of like your high school where it's like a lot of kids who are pretty much similar to you. They've had similar upbringings. They've had maybe similar activities, similar things. And you kind of get thrown into this, this melting pot of people from all sorts of backgrounds, right. And all sorts of kind of experiences. And they kind of bring their ideas and insights to the table. And it really makes you kind of like you were saying, like, think a little bit about like, wow, wow, I didn't really think about it that way. Like, how do I feel about that? How does that make me want to see things? Mm -hmm. um, especially when you meet people from like different income classes, man. Like I met a kid in college who like his dad just gave him $10,000 a month as his allowance, like just gave it to him. He drove a Tesla, like just ridiculous. But this kid would not buy you a coffee. Like he would give nothing, not, not buy anything for anyone, not share anything like you rode with him. He's like, yeah, that's going to be like two fifteen for the electricity. It's going to cost me to charge the Tesla. Like I'm going to, that's crazy. Like he that's was ridiculous. Insane. Whereas the people who I met who were, you know, quite Liberty, like living in abject poverty, like mm. barely making it by family on food stamps would give you the shirt off their back. Right. Like right. we'd go to lunch and they'd be like, no, I got it. Like, it's fine. I'm like, dude, you don't have money like that. Like, come on, let me split it. Mm -hmm. And so I think like that really like just shook me in a way that I didn't really expect it to. And just kind of like the people you meet, man, it's really about like the connections you make and, and knowing that like some of those people you're going to meet in the next few years could be lifelong friends or could be the gateway to your career, right? Could open right. the door for possibilities and opportunities that you never even thought of. And mm -hmm. I know you might've heard about, you know, the butterfly effect, right? While mm -hmm. a butterfly flapping its wings can cause a tornado somewhere else. Um, that is so true. And I would just recommend like, take any opportunity given to you to learn something new. Even if you're like, ah, this doesn't really like apply to me. Or like, I don't really think like, see how this would like make any sense. Like if you got the time or at least, you know, energy to just like try it out, learn something, right. take a shot because you only really got one shot at it. And you got to take advantage of every opportunity you have. And then the last thing I would leave you with in terms of like college advice would be that internship piece. You are dead on. That is huge. That is so, so important because the people who didn't have internships didn't get jobs. Right. Yeah. And now they're 60, 80, hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt. And they're working at Walmart, making 1550 an hour. Right. That, that's a big issue. Um, and well, I guess last, last thing, but I don't even think it'll apply, <laughs> but just for anybody else who's your age or, you know, in college right now, do not drop out. Do not drop out. Right. Get it done. If you hate that school transfer, get it done somewhere else. Mm -hmm. If you hate your major transfer, get a different major, but you cannot drop out because the worst thing you can do is go get the debt and end up with no degree. Yep. That's the saying. Cause I've had friends who've done it, man. And they're, they're struggling. They're struggling. Life's hard. Life's really, yeah. really freaking hard and very expensive. And it's hard if you have to start, you know, negative $20,000 before, you know, you'd be better off just at zero at that point. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I guess the last thing here would be, do you have any, you know, closing thoughts for maybe other 18 year olds or people who are, you know, excited about going to college or, or interested in kind of this point in their life? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like my perspective on college is a good perspective to have. And it's just like, everyone's in the same boat as you. So 
everyone's going to feel embarrassed or do something stupid the first day or whatever. It's just like, you just have to realize that people just don't care and everyone's in the same boat. So kind of just got to live with that mentality of, Oh, it's fine. I can do with it. You know, that's, that's kind of my whole mentality of high school really over the past four years. It's just been, everyone's basically the same. Who cares? Doesn't matter. I'm good. That's right. Just keep rolling with it. <laughs> yep. Well, thank you so much, Caden, for joining me for this almost an hour now. Um, really enjoyed your time and chatting with you, little bro. Yeah, um, man. Thanks again. And uh, we will see everybody next time. See you next time.